Thank you, Kelsey. Take your Bibles and turn, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Do you believe that God is good? I think most of you know, but uh, Kelsey's mom has cancer and life is slipping away. Kelsey's a college student. And... uh, are you 19? 19. And uh, that's a powerful song to sing. It's a powerful thing for a believer to be able to say that God is good when going through some severe trials. It's easy to say that when things are going well in life. But it takes a lot of faith, a lot of taking God at his word, a lot of wisdom to be able to say God is good when you're losing Perhaps your best friend, your mom. Thank you for loving us enough to sing that. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're perfect in every way. You're holy and righteous and just. You're merciful, gracious, and kind. That you are love. And Lord, we thank we thank you that you're good. And Father, by that we know that you always do what is right. And though we don't always understand your ways, uh, Father, help us as a body of believers to trust you. I pray that we'd not walk by sight, by what we see, but by, by faith, by what you say. Lord, I do pray for the Toman family, and I pray for uh, Debbie. I pray you give her peace tonight. Pray that you'd encourage your heart with truth. Pray that your spirit within her would bring scripture passages she's memorized throughout her life back to her thinking. I pray that she'd hope in you. Uh, Lord, I also think I also think of Andrea Fralick and losing her grandfather this morning not knowing if he's saved or not. Lord, I pray you give comfort to her heart tonight as well. Father, I pray that you direct our thoughts back to your word. and Father, help us to be able to walk wisely the way Kelsey sang tonight. 
Help us to be able to walk in wisdom, not in simplicity and not in foolishness. So teach us by your word, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You have a handout there. If you don't have a handout, raise your hand. You should have yours from last week. We got some folks who maybe you weren't here last week. Um, the ushers will get you a handout. And um, William asked me tonight, this afternoon, he asked me, uh, Is this going to be a long sermon? So we, we talked about preaching the Bible and how important it is. But of course, we know that it's important, but we don't have to do it all. You don't have to preach the whole Bible every night. Tim, you need, oh, you're raising your hand. Okay. So the usher, keep your hands up, and the ushers will get you a handout if you don't have one. Let's look back through this. Um, tonight, we're going to look a lot at a lot of scripture, okay? And that's important because uh, without it, uh, we know the Word of God is truth, okay? And so I want us to look at these passages together. I want you to hear them, I want you to think with me. Um, because if I just get up and tell you, define for you what a fool is, but you can't identify it for yourself, or if you're just taking my word for it, it won't have as much power. And so as we look at the word of God, I'm going to let God define for us what a foolish person looks like and the actions of a foolish person. Okay. Now, last week, uh, you see the slogan there uh, for someone who the Bible calls a fool. And you see the slogan, and it's kind of like this, what do they know? Okay, that's the idea. That's kind of the heartbeat. That's kind of the motor of somebody who's a fool. Now, a fool can be, a fool can be 16 years old in, reference, in referring to their parents. What do they know? Um, maybe you've played the fool when you were 16. But you know, a 16-year-old doesn't have to do that. They can honor their parents. They can walk in wisdom. Sometimes a fool is not just 16. Maybe they could be 13 or 9. Maybe they could be 7. Maybe they could be in their 20s or 30s or 50s or 60s. It would be, be an awfully sad thing for someone to live their entire life foolishly and continue on in the ways of a fool. But the attitude of, what do they know? That is the slogan of the fool. Now, let's, we'll make our way through here. Let's see here, I'm, I'm pushing. Can you advance it, Josh, from there? Because it's not, it's not doing anything. And there we go. Is that you or me? Oh, hey, that's me. I'm on. All right. Definition. Just a real quick reminder. Definition. Someone who despises wisdom and instruction and hates knowledge. And they do it because of their corruption, their immorality. When I say immorality, immorality, oftentimes when we use the term immorality, we think of some sort of a sexual immorality. Immorality is more than that, okay? Uh, an immoral person can be a liar, okay? And I think we need to redefine the way we think a little bit. And I'm talking biblically here. Sometimes when we think of an immoral person, we think of someone who is involved in some sort of sexual immorality. But an immoral person can be an immoral person without uh, those sort of actions. So someone who is, who is despising wisdom, counts of little value, what do they know, instruction, they hate knowledge because of their corruption and immorality. I gave you three types of a fool, and we use the term stupid. 
It's, uh, I don't, I'm not using that as a slang term. That would be a good definition uh, of a fool. Someone who's corrupt, number Number, let's see here, number two, someone who's corrupt, and then someone who's brutish. And we read those scripture verses. One of my kids was reminding me of that today. They said, are you going to talk about that dog that is eating that again? Uh, okay, well, you, you followed along. You were paying close attention. Good job. A foolish person is like that. It's gross. It's, it's uh, Mrs. Haskins, you could make that face again that you made at me last week. It's, it's, it's disgusting. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not appetizing, okay? So number two, we're going to look at the characteristics of a fool. The characteristics of a fool. Now, we're not going to be able to get to the application uh, here tonight, okay? So I'm a little disappointed by that. I even thought about cutting out some of the scripture because we all like application so much. Um, but I do think it's important for us to go through and look at the scripture and see how God characterizes a foolish person. Not how I'm characterizing a foolish person, but what God says, what, what he sees in the life of a foolish person. Um, remember, a simple person, we're all born into this world simple. Oh, I don't know. I'm just kind of going through life. Um, that's a simple person. But a simple person, if they reject wisdom they will inevitably become a fool. And if they become a fool and they harden their heart, they will become a scorner. And what, what we'll see as we study, as we go on in our study, we're going to see that there are consequences for being a simple person. The consequences get greater for being a foolish person. And the consequences get even greater for when you become a scornful person. And I will say this, it is easier for a simple person to receive wisdom and to repent of their simplicity than it is for a foolish person to repent of their foolishness. It is easier for a simple person to repent of their simplicity than it is for a scorner to repent to change their mind about their scorning. You see, every time God speaks to us by his spirit through his word and we reject his leading, we're one step further down a path of rebellion and it is always harder to repent. It does not get easier to repent. And so the idea of, well, you know what? I know I'm being convicted. I know that's not right in my life. I know that I should say yes to the Spirit of God and obey the Word of God. But you know what? I want to live my life up a little bit. I want to have a little bit of fun. And I'll repent someday in the future. Well, God may never give you that chance to repent someday in the future. He doesn't owe that to you. He doesn't know that to me. And beside that, we're wasting the time that God has given us. So don't ever do that. And I suppose to some degree, all of us have done that a time or two. But make a decision, Lord, when you speak to me, I'm going to say yes to you and I'm going to say yes to your word. So look at letter A there. The first characteristic of a fool is uh, that he is a literal or practical atheist. A literal or practical atheist. A fool denies the authority of God. Um, and some uh, deny the existence of God. A fool denies the authority of God. Uh, uh, some fools will go so far as to deny the very existence of God. And, and I have to say, this is the key. The fool doesn't believe that there's any sort of final authority. Now, that's not in your notes, 
But a fool doesn't believe that there is any final authority in his life. He's his own authority. Um, who, who, what are some of your authorities? You can name them. Go ahead. What are some of your authorities? Your husband. Okay, very good, Mrs. Haskins. Your employer. Sure. Teachers. Good job, Brayden. Police. Sure. Go ahead, Jack. Your parents. That's right. Your authority. Anybody else? We've, we've covered quite a bit. Elected officials, yeah. The Constitution, ultimately. But yes, elected officials. Our pastor, sure. Okay, and ultimately God. God appoints authority. The fool, the key to identifying the fool is he ultimately looks at himself as the final authority for his life. I'm not going to follow the faith of my pastor. I'm not going to obey them that have rule over me. I'm not going to submit myself to my own husband. Or my, I'm not going to love my wife like Christ loves the church. I'm not going to honor my parents. I'm not going to obey them. I'm going to live my life for me. My employer. Do you know my employer? Pastor Burton, do you know my employer? Your employer? <laughs> you know what? And you know what we can do? We, can, we, 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 we don't honor them. We don't respect them. Uh, the problem is um, it, it's in this vein. It, and, and here's the thing, even a person who's not a fool, even a person who walks wisely and is characterized by walking wisely can play the fool sometimes in our lives. Have you ever done that? I was talking to uh, Kendall a little bit before the service. And to some degree, we've all played these different personalities. You may not be a fool, but a, a person who's not a fool can play the role of a fool. Um, but how many of us understand that even somebody who's not a fool, who plays the role of a fool, still reaps the consequences of being a fool? How many understand that? So it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. All right. So a literal or practical atheist. Uh, in Psalm 14, in verse 1, the Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. And I also put on your screen, on, uh, on the screen, another psalm, Psalm 53 and verse 1. It says the very same thing. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now, again, some, some folks who would be, describe themselves as atheists would say they don't believe there is a God. They would say they don't believe that God exists or there is a God. The end of that is they are a god unto themselves. They are the highest authority. Um, sometimes God's people would say, will say, they believe there is a God. But sometimes God's people who say that they believe there is a God live like there is no God. And, and all of us have done that a time or two in our lives. That's an understatement. All of us at times in our lives, even as God's children, have made decisions without God in mind, without fearing God, knowing that we're going to stand before him someday and give an account to him. Uh, a foolish person is a literal or a practical atheist. Letter B, uh, a foolish person is characterized by moral corruption. Moral corruption. Moral corruption and wicked works. A fool is characterized by moral corruption and wicked works. Look over to Proverbs chapter 10, would you? Proverbs chapter 10. 
And I'll read in verse number 18. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 18. So, a fool is characterized by immorality, I could say it that way. And again, that can include sexual perversion, but it also can be a lot of other things. Immorality is disobeying God's word. God's word is moral, it is just, it is true, it is right. An immoral person lives his life by his own standard. He may think he's moral, but in relation to God's morality, his holiness and righteousness, that man is immoral. Uh, Look here at verse 18 of chapter 10. It says, He that hideth hatred with lying lips. What does that mean? He that hideth hatred with lying lips. Okay, so he hates the person, really. Deep down, he detests and hates the person, but he hides his hatred with lying lips. So he might say nice things or... He might say, I love you, when he actually doesn't. He hates the person. He loves himself. And then it says, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. He that uttereth a slander is a fool. Uh, A slander is a false statement that hurts someone else's reputation. To say something about someone that is not true, that hurts that person's reputation, that is slanderous. It's slander. A A person can be tried for that in a court of law. God's people are commanded not to slander one another. It's against God's law. A foolish person is a slander. He's immoral with his mouth, with his mouth. Um, Look here, chapter 14. Uh, Let's see here. Do I have it up there? I don't think I do. Let's go over to chapter 14 and verse 8. Chapter 14 and verse 8 of Proverbs. He says, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. So he's, he's putting forethought, forethought to his life. He's thinking ahead. He's planning. He's not worrying about the future, but he's prudent. He's making plans. He's thinking. He's thoughtful. But the folly of fools is deceit. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse number 6, the Bible says, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. So a characteristic of a fool is moral and wicked works, moral corruption and wicked works. You see their letter C then. Another characteristic is a characteristic of a fool is lying, lying, a lying tongue, slanderous speech and empty speech. Lying. How many of us in this room have ever told a lie? Me and Mrs. May. That's it. Every, all of us, right? All of us have. Okay, that all makes us blush here in church, having admitted to that fact. How many of us know that we're all sinners, right? right. Okay. Um, so it's possible, lying is a characteristic of a fool. It's possible for a wise person to be tempted and in a moment of weakness tell a lie. Now, he's not characterized as being a fool, but in that moment, he just played the role of the, 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 the part of being a fool. And he can expect the consequences that a fool would receive. Lying, slanderous speech, and empty speech. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that evil thoughts, murders, adulteries proceed out of the heart of mankind. Look over to Mark chapter 7 in your Bibles. Mark chapter 7. 
Mark chapter 7 and verse 21. I'll read down through verse number 23. And look where this moral corruption, this slanderous, lying, empty speech comes from. Mark chapter 7, verse number 21. It says, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, that's sex outside of marriage after a person is married, fornication, that is premarital sex, murders, thefts, covetousness, being overwhelmed with that desire for something God hasn't given you, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, that's unbridled sin, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. And we could say, wow, I want to keep my kids from that list. But then look at verse 23. He says, all these, th- all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Do you know that all of those things, all of those things are found in the heart of men, mankind. We all, we all, all of that list. And some people, some people are dominated more by some of those things and some others by less of those things, perhaps. But the reality is all of us from within are drawn away of our own lust and enticed, the Bible says. Lying, slanderous, empty speech is a characteristic of a fool. You see, a fool's speech will reveal his character. The fool's speech reveals his heart. The fool's speech reveals his heart. So lying... If, you're, if you have a child or a spouse and they're characterized by lying, or a coworker, an employer, an employee, a student, okay, a friend, if they're characterized by lying, they're a fool. And it's not wrong of you to identify that. Now, judge not, lest ye be judged, okay, but you ought to judge righteous judgment, and I should too. And you don't have to go up to them and start to greet them by this name, okay? But you need to know, and parents especially, you need to know who your friend, who, who, the, who are the friends of your children. Do, does your, is your child, is he a friend of a fool? Or do you have a daughter who's dating a fool? This man can't tell the truth. He doesn't tell the truth. Or do you have a son who's dating a fool, a young lady, and she always is exaggerating and telling lies? This is very, very important. Uh, because you need to know, you say, well, you know, they'll outgrow that foolishness. Not unless they repent. Not unless they heed the cry of wisdom, they won't. In fact, there's also a very good chance that they would actually go the wrong direction from being a fool to being a scorner and become hardened in their sin. Uh, the fool's speech reveals his heart. Look, look at, there's a, several scripture passages here, and let's look through them. Proverbs 10 and verse 8 says, The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a pratting fool shall fall. The word pratting, we don't use that word too often. It means empty speech or empty speaking. So, the wise in heart re- receives commandments, instructions, rules. That's what that means. A wise person receives rules. And mom and dad, be careful when the authority in the life of your child sets a rule 
and you take the side of your child against their authority, against the rule. Listen, the rule may not be that great of a rule. Not all rules are great. How many of us understand that? Do we understand that? Okay, Ryan does. Good. All right. Not all rules are that great. Maybe not that impressive. Sometimes rules change. That shouldn't be allowed, you know? I mean, if I had to put up with that rule, if the ladies at at Bob Jones and PCC had to wear nylons back in the early 1990s, then everybody ought to from here on out, right? Okay. I don't know. Those are Christian colleges. They don't require that anymore, the best of my knowledge. All right, just such a terrible thing. Anyway, but you know what? Sometimes rules change. Okay. But mom and dad... Don't take the side of your child in rebelling against rules set down by their authority. You know that your child could grow closer to God by responding to unimpressive rules, maybe not even understandable rules, but responding to not very understandable rules, confusing rules with the right attitude as unto the Lord. Do you know that they'd actually be bringing honor and glory to God by having a right attitude against those rules that don't make sense. Mom and dad, help your your child. When they come home and say, I can't believe it. This happened, and this is the new rule, and I can't wear my, my tennis shoes, my sneaks, with my orange laces. Don't say, well, that's ridiculous. Don't do that. We'll say, did they tell you why? Well, no, it's a terrible rule. Well, you might think that. You could say that. But you might think that. But you know what? They're your your God-given authority. And if you can't wear orange laces during first hour, but you can wear them second hour, but you can't wear them third hour, but you can wear them fourth hour, if that's the rule, then that's the rule. You can can abide by it. You just got to get fast changing out your laces. (laughs) Don't undermine your your children's authority because this is just a practical and you i suppose you could use this for selfish reasons but if you as a mom and dad undermine your child's authority in other areas of their life you're teaching them to rebel against their god-given authority and you can expect them to rebel against their god-given authority you 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 can expect that you're training them to rebel and have a bad attitude against god-given authority all right don't do it Uh, lying, slanderous, empty speech. Look at verse number 10 of Proverbs chapter 10. He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a pratting fool, there's that empty speaking fool, shall fall. He that hideth hatred, in verse 18 of chapter 10 again, he that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander, remember that saying something that's not true, that hurts another person's reputation, he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Do you know somebody who's always saying things about other people that make other people look bad? Be careful. Be careful. Why would they do that? Why would someone say things about somebody else to make them look bad? Can anybody tell me? To hurt them and to, and to make you look better. Don't do it. It's a, it's a sign. It's a mark of a fool. It really is. Uh, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 23. A prudent man. When you think of prudence, do you think of fun? Excitement? A thrill? What do you think of when you think of the word prudent? 
Probably not those words. A prudent man. The prudent man, the idea of prudence is living with care and thought for the future. It's a good thing. It's something you and I ought to do. We ought to live our lives today with care and thought for the future. Not being full of care, overwhelmed with care, anxiety, but a prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. He, again, he's speaking everything he knows. Proverbs 15, verse 2, The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The mouth of the fool pours out foolishness. He just says foolish things. Don't forget, the characteristics are lying, they're slanderous, and empty speech. Empty speech has no point, really. Look at Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 7. It says, Excellent speech becometh not a fool. Every one of us here ought to strive for excellent speech. We really should. Proverbs 18 and verse 7 says, A fool's mouth is his destruction. Is your mouth your destruction? Is it your destruction in your marriage relationship? Are you always, you say, my wife and I can't get along. Well, is your mouth part of the destructive force causing and wreaking havoc in the marriage? That's a mark of a fool. If, it is, if it's that way, remember, wisdom is crying out. And she's saying, come follow me. Embrace me. Remember in Proverbs chapter 1, hold, take hold of me and don't let go. Don't continue in foolishness. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Listen, a fool's mouth can hurt his marriage. It can hurt his business. It can hurt his children. It can hurt his life in this lifetime. But a fool's mouth is also the snare of his soul. And that has the idea that there are eternal repercussions for a mouth that's out of control. And remember, out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I used to pride myself, and I've told you this before, but I used to pride myself on having a quick tongue and a quick wit. And you remember, when I first went off to, I think I might have told you this, when I first went off to school as an 18-year-old, you know, I was a part of the basketball team there and practices and going with them, and a lot of the guys had really quick wit and really quick tongue, and boy, they could just slice and dice you up in no time at all. Well, after a while, getting sliced and diced up, you have to either decide you're okay with that or you have to learn how to compete with that. And I chose, I want to be cool, and so I'm going to learn how to compete with that. Well, the only way to win in that kind of a thing is to go one step further than your opponent. He goes here, you go here. And notice I'm not going up, I'm going down. You go here, he goes here. And you're not going to stop there. You're, going to, you're always going to go one step further down the ladder. Finally, guys who are supposedly good Christian men are saying things that are not appropriate sometimes, or are at the very least mean-spirited, and to the point where guys would lose their tempers and sometimes get into fights. Well, it all started in good, in good uh, you know, we were just having fun with each other. Why then did it digress to this? You see, fools, a bunch of fools together, talking. It's unsightly. Proverbs 19 and verse 1, look there. 
Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the man who doesn't have much, but he, he's honest, he's, he has his integrity, than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. A fool is perverse in his lips. He says perverse things. Proverbs 29 and verse 11 says, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. A fool utters all his mind. He just says whatever comes to his mind. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. These are characteristics of a fool. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 3. It says, For a dream cometh through the multitude of business. Now we're going to get to the part on the fool in just a moment, but this is very interesting. Ecclesiastes 5.3. A dream cometh through the multitude of business. Did any of you ever, ever have dreams about what you were doing during the day? Work or... Um, I want to ask Dr. Norella if she has any dreams after working with patients all day, but we, we, don't have, we probably don't have time for that. But aren't dreams sometimes a little odd? Do you have weird dreams? Mrs. Willis, I bet you do. Yeah. All right. I do too. I have weird dreams. You know, so I, I want to renovate this in-ground pond we have. It looks like a pool. It, it, people think it's a pool, but it's not a pool. It's just an in-ground pond where we breed Lots of frogs and things like that, okay? An occasional turtle. Uh, that's what we have in our backyard. Well, I want this thing renovated. And uh, to the point where I have to say, Lord, is this becoming an idol? Because it's what I think about all the time. All right, so I want this thing renovated. And so I'm getting bids from people to renovate this pond pool. And, 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 and I'm talking, and I, I, went and I, I went and looked at a bobcat that I'd seen on the side of the road that the guy was renting in Montrose. And he's got the uh, jackhammer attachment. You know, that would be fun to work with, you know. Because i got to break up all this concrete around the pool because it's all broken up already anyway. And so that's the business, or that was, was on my mind. That night, after I called the guy and got a price, a quote on how much he would rent his bobcat to me for, I went to bed, went to sleep, and I had the most vivid, crazy dream, Mrs. Willis. You know what I dreamed? I, had got the, I was in the bobcat. Beautiful bobcat, treads, not, not wheels, treads. I pulled up to the, my pool after taking the fence down, started to use the jackhammer. I was near the deep end of the pool. Now, you know, the, you know where this is going. And I don't drive bobcats a lot. And in my dream, I hit the lever the wrong way. It shot forward. And in my dream, it didn't just go down where I could get out the door and swim to the top. It flipped over like this and sunk right to the bottom, upside down. In my dream, the door is trapped. Cindy was there, she watched it, and my last words as it was going under were, throw down a hose. Now, this is all during my dream. And, and in my dream, as I'm drowning in my cement pond in a bobcat, I'm having my wife, and she was struggling. She didn't know where the hose was, you didn't know where the hose was, dear. And then it was how to get the hose into the cab, and she was supposed to give me some oxygen in the cab because I couldn't get out, and then I woke up. All right, that's what Ecclesiastes is talking about here, all right? For a dream cometh through the multitude of business. Now, see, you're glad I told that story because sometimes, you see, in some ways, to some degree, my business is you. Okay, I'm not going to tell you any of those dreams. Okay, so a dream cometh through the multitude of business. And then it says, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. A fool's voice is known by multitude of words. Look over to Ecclesiastes. It's back near Proverbs if you need, to, need some directions. In fact, it's right after Proverbs. Look over to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Pastor Toman, could you tell me when we're at 5 till? Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Look with me at verse number 12. Verse 12, and I'll read down through verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. The Bible says, The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. Hmm. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. When I read something like that, I think to myself, I always ask myself a question. Are my words gracious words? Do my words encourage people? Do they give grace, unmerited favor to people? Now you might say, well, pastor, how do I know if you're being gracious with me when you speak to me? Well, hopefully I'm always being gracious to you. And hopefully you're being gracious to me and to one another. But the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. So it's just, they're destructive. His lips are destructive. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness. And the end of his talk is mischievous madness. He's crazy. It's craziness. The things he says are foolish. He goes on, A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him. Who can tell them? You don't know. This, this guy could go any which way. But I know this. He's very certain about himself. He's very self-confident. He doesn't look, he, he does not walk in the fear of God. He does not live like there is a God. He doesn't talk like there is a God, like he's going to give an account to God for every word that comes out of his mouth. Paul talked about that. You and I shouldn't have this characteristic in our lives. Look at letter D, another characteristic of a fool. Joshua, I think you need to push another button. We've gotten stuck in the vortex. All right, letter D. Unbridled anger in speech. Unbridled anger in speech and action. This is a mark of a fool. Now again, I'm not making this up. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12, in verse number 16. It's in your handout. It should be there. A fool's wrath is presently known. So when you know... uh, (laughs) When you get mad, does everybody know it? I mean, when you're upset, when something gets, rubs you the wrong way, does everybody have to know it? Well, Pastor Seth, I'm just a transparent person. <laughs> you don't have to be, you know. You don't have to be. Well, I'm an honest person, at least. Well, good. Honestly, get control of your temper. Honestly. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man... That man who's looking ahead, carefully planning, thinking about the future, he covereth shame. Proverbs 14 and verse 16 says, A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. He rages. He's out of control. Mm. You get out of control. You lose your temper. Remember that, that idea of temper Tempered is a uh, steel term. And they, they temper the steel, and so the steel can bend a long way without breaking. Are you, good, are you well-tempered, good-tempered, long-tempered? You, you can be. If you'll be wise, if you'll walk in wisdom, you can be. You can be a prudent man. who You're in the middle of something... And something goes wrong, but instead of throwing things or yelling, you're a prudent man. You're looking ahead, and you know that it's going to be okay. No matter what just happened, it's going to be okay. 
and you're going to be able to you're going to be able to make it through it. Look at Proverbs 27 and verse 3. A stone is heavy and the sand weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than them both. Now we're not talking about when you're at the beach and you cover up your brother with sand up to his neck, so just his head sticking out. That's fun, right? But sand and stones, to be covered by those to the point where you can't get out and you're you're struggling and it's crushing. A stone is heavy and the, and the sand weighty, but a fool's wrath, the wrath of a fool, is heavier than them both. Do you, do you have an employer? Do you work for somebody whose wrath is heavier than sand and stone? Are you an employee like that? Are you a young person that way? You know what? When you lose your temper, boy, everybody in the house knows it. Everybody in the house knows it. Do you know that? Are you like that? Look at Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 9 again, or verse number 9, we haven't looked at it yet. Chapter 7 and verse 9, it's in your handout. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Look at letter E, letter E. Letter E, shame and grief to self and others. We're looking at another characteristic of a fool, what the Bible, how, the, how God describes a fool. He causes shame, he brings shame and grief in the, in the life of others. And I'll say this, especially to loved ones. Fools cause a lot of shame to their mom and dad. Husbands who are fools cause a lot of shame to their wife. Wives who are fools cause a lot of shame to their husband. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 35 in your handout. Look what God says. He says, the wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. We all love promotions, don't you? Honey, I'm up for promotion. What's your promotion? Shame. It's not a great promotion, is it? Shame is the promotion of fools. Proverbs 14, verse 24 says, The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. Proverbs 17, and verse 21 says, He that begetteth a fool, that gives birth to a fool, doeth it to his own sorrow. So the mom and dad who have a baby and he grows up to be a fool does it to their own sorrow. It causes them sorrow. But then it goes on to say, uh, notice there, at the end of verse number 21, and the, fool, and the father of a fool hath no joy. Proverbs 17 verse 25 says, A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. A letter F, look there, letter F, self-righteousness or self-confidence. Self-righteous or self-confident. This is another characteristic the Bible identifies in the life of a fool. Proverbs 12 and verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Um, I can remember... At a camp years ago, a young person, it seemed to me they were under conviction about some things in their life. One of those things was the music that they were listening to. But I remember them coming to me, and and, and, in talking with them, they made the comment to me, well, Evangelist Ferguson, I have peace about this. You know that you and I can get peace about just about anything. Uh, Maybe a better way to put it would be this. We can talk ourselves into just about anything. People do a lot of things sometimes that are wrong. Sometimes God's people do things that are wrong. 
And to get to the point of doing things that are wrong, normally, for that brief period of time, when they pull the trigger on doing it, or looking at it, or buying it, or going there, or saying it, we have to talk ourselves into that at least for the moment, it's going to be all right. Maybe no, but we think nobody will ever know. We're acting like a fool because we're acting like God doesn't see it. God sees everything. He's everywhere at the same time. And so God's people sometimes play the fool. Uh, but self-righteousness or self-confidence, sometimes people who, who have a lot of standards can play the fool. Self-righteousness. What does anybody know that I don't already know? My standards are higher than everybody else's. See, just having high standards doesn't make someone wise. Standards are very wise to have. But just if we're taking pride in our standards and we're very self-confident in what we're doing, doesn't necessarily make us right. Look at verse number 16 of uh, Proverbs 14. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. And then in Proverbs 28 and verse 26, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Do you trust in your own heart? Some of you are very good businessmen. You're good. Uh, you, God has given you natural, he's given you abilities to succeed in the business world. And, and I'll tell you, for men like that, especially men like that, there is a level of self-confidence. And to some degree, you've got to have that. But, but if you're trusting in your heart, or if I'm trusting in my heart, we're trusting in the wrong thing. Trusting in our own hearts is actually a sign of somebody who's a fool. We'll end with the next one, letter G. Letter G, we'll end with this one. Characteristics of a, of a fool. The last one that we'll look at today, letter G, sin. Sin is fun. We look at sin as a game. We look at sin as a joke. And I'll tell you, this is where... This, this, the, the fool begins to harden his heart to the point of becoming a scorner. Parent, take note of this one. Teachers, take note of this one. Uh, we've got an administrator and a principal here. This is something to take note of. When a young person begins to mock sin and laugh at sin and think sin is silly and funny they're on the verge of passing from being a, a fool to a scorner. And it's a fine line between the two. Um, look at verse number 9 of Proverbs 14 here. It says, fools make a mock at sin. The word mock there is the same word used for scorner or scorn. Fools make a mock at sin. Fools laugh at sin. Mom, I can still remember you writing me a letter when I was a freshman in college and uh, you were a little concerned about the friends that I was making, and I was at a Christian college, and Mom wrote me a letter, and this verse right here was in that letter. Fools make a mock at sin. <laughs> and Mom said it in a very, very nice way, in her beautiful handwriting, encouraging me, and she included, fools make a mock at sin. And she was right to do that. And I can remember reading that letter, and I can remember reading it, and I was wondering, I wonder what, how could she know what I haven't told her? That was one thought that went through my mind. And the other thing was, how does she know my friends so well? 
You know, I look back in my life, and it's by the grace of God that my life is today where it is. Because some of the friends I had were not good and godly friends. Oh, they called themselves Christians. They called themselves believers. But frankly, in some ways, we were very much fools. And I, can, and I know where some of those friends are today. And their lives, frankly, are destroyed. And they have suffered greatly. Great hardship. And it really is only by the grace of God that I, I was not included in that. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. And then Proverbs 10, verse 23 says, It is as sport to a fool to do mischief, things that are not right before the Lord. But a man of understanding hath wisdom. So the question for us is, are we, are we playing the fool? Are we playing the part of a fool? As parents, you ought to know your children. You ought to go down this list. Wow, my son has a terrible temper, you might say. Well, this is just a phase. He'll get over it. No, no, it's the mark of a fool. You need to confront it biblically in the right way, in grace and love, but also biblically, okay, in all biblical facets, confront it and do what is right. Let's pray. Dear